Welcome to the Scaling Japan podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Batino. And on today's episode, we have Jonas Heidich, the CEO of Aokumo, which helps medium to large corporations simplify their cloud operations through their platform. We will dive into the topic of system integrators or SIRs, as they're called in Japan, which are key component to any long-term expansion in Japan for software companies. So it's great to have you, Jonas, and could you please introduce yourself? Um, thank you for the introduction, and thank you for having me. I came to Japan in 2000 on a Mombosho scholarship. I studied electrical engineering at Nagoya University. Then I earned my master uh, at uh, Tokyo University or the University of Tokyo, Todai. Then joined Sony Ericsson, uh, building software on Sibian and Android. I later joined Morgan Stanley in Japan, where I spent seven years building trading systems and risk and pricing engine for fixed income. Um, then joined Invest, a Japanese public company with an Australian subsidiary, now known as 26 Degree Global Markets. I took on the role of CTO. Later, I became the group CIO of Invest Inc., which is the group, uh, the holding company. During my time at Invest, I got to know and work with many system integrators. One of my primary responsibilities was to transform the IT department from being vendor-centric to an in-house shop. One of our most important decisions was which part of the tech stack to bring in-house, which to outsource, and which to co-source. This meant keeping the SI or the system integrator partners who were aligned with our mission and goals and who could help us execute on our strategy. This was key decision because it impacted every other aspect of our roadmap. It was challenging, but we achieved great success and a testament to the importance of choosing the right partners was when we faced a cyber or a DDoS attack within my first 90 days at Invest. This experience showed me what we needed to control and who we needed to partner with. It also showed us that while system integrators mean well, their solutions might not always be the best fit for a company's present and future needs. So having the right SI partnership is key to success. Um, and building in-house is really not easy, but it can be transformative when done right. But you need the right partners to help you get there. Thank you very much for sharing that. And yeah, so I guess moving on or getting started, could you tell us exactly what does a system integrator or a Japanese SIR do? Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I, you know, well, especially in Invest, I worked with, uh, with many uh, system integrators, small and big. Um, so, um, so yeah, let's first just define what they do. So uh, who are these system integrators? So a Japanese system integrator or a sire is a company that helps businesses with their IT needs. They're not just consultants, of course, but uh, strategic partners. So they work with, uh, with the businesses to understand their challenges and opportunities and develop custom IT solutions. So they also provide ongoing support, which is really, really important. So sires are well-versed in the Japanese business landscape. They understand the cultural nuances and can tailor their solutions accordingly. So um, they're 
also technically proficient, of course, not all of them, <laughs> and can deliver high quality services. Now, I want to give you an example, which I experienced. So imagine you have a team of engineers and developers who are building in-house software. You also have an IT operations team that works with both the internal team and external SIRs. So you might think that the IT ops team would prefer to work with the internal team, but in reality, they often prefer the work to work with SIRs. This is because SIRs make things a lot easier for the, for the ops team. They provide details, uh, detailed uh, documentation and support. They also anticipate problems and they take proactive measures to address them. So in contrast, the, the internal team might not have the resources or expertise to provide the same level of support. So really this highlights the importance of setting clear expectations and using you know, methods like DevOps to unify teams. And it also shows the importance of um, leadership in, uh, in setting uh, division and objectives when building uh, in-house software. Yeah, so this is talking about system integrators. It's They have system integrators in the U.S. and other countries, but oftentimes when I'm dealing with startups who are entering the Japanese market, yeah. uh, when I mention about system integrators, they're usually surprised because in a lot of cases, they've not never had to deal with them. Right, right. And... Uh, so I guess that leads me to my next question is, uh, so they do exist in the U.S. Uh, there's a good chance you might not run into one unless, you know, you're doing a corporate, corporate, but usually corporate, they often have an in-house team. But how significant are they in Japan? Right. So um, huge, <laughs> the short answer. So to put it into perspective, the total revenue of SIRs in Japan is estimated at um, 8 trillion JPY, which is about uh, 60 billion USD. And this is, I think, per like probably 2021 or so um, from a Salesforce um, article. And I think the figure is, is, is larger now, um, which is a staggering 80 times that of SaaS revenue in the country. So this difference in this course, the dominant influence SIRs have in the Japanese IT landscape. And the top 10 Japanese SIs account for about 50% of the market. Wow. Yep. Um, I, I mean, if you want me to explain a little bit why that is, I can, I can give uh, some explanations why they, they, they became this, you know, um, dominant in the markets. But... Sure. Yeah, if you could share a few points. Um, so I think there are a couple of factors. Um, the first one is the risk-averse business culture. So Japanese businesses traditionally lean towards risk-averse, as you probably know. So this predisposition often leads them to outsource IT requirements to third-party providers, um, such as uh, SIRs, who they perceive as more reliable and experienced. The second factor is government-driven IT spending. So historically, the Japanese government has been a significant driver of IT expenditure. So this has carved out a vast and profitable niche for SIRs, allowing them to amass deep expertise, especially in, in government IT projects. And, um, and the third one is uh, education system. So um, I think the Japanese education system has a strong emphasis on um, producing engineers and uh, technicians. So this focus has result, uh, resulted in substantial pool for skilled IT professionals uh, available for SIRs. Gotcha. It makes sense because uh, 
or sometimes in the West, like uh, CEOs, they'll use services like McKinsey for consulting. And if McKinsey's wrong, they can, rather than the CEO taking the blame personally, he can blame McKinsey. And similar in this case, if the IT project goes wrong, they can blame the big SIR and avoid responsibility. Yeah, it makes sense for the government spending where they get the big contracts and they yeah. lend it out to a sub-subcontractor, which we talked a lot about in our uh, Selling to the Government podcast series. <laughs> it's, it's very true. I mean, even in my experience, we had, you know, uh, when we had incidents, for example, um, the uh, the blame always goes to their side, not, not the ops team. So it's actually interest, interesting dynamics. Um, so you mentioned this, the, the other regions like the States. Um, so other regions, uh, in, you see like SaaS providers have a more, um, pronounced presence, right? Uh, but I think the landscape in Japan is evolving and as businesses grow more acquainted with like cloud computing and modern technologies, we see a noticeable sh shift towards SaaS solutions and also building in-house. So while this trend is expected to gain momentum, I think SIRs will continue to play a pivotal role in, in the Japanese IT sector. And additionally, there is a, also a rise in boutique SIRs that cater to niche industries such as IoT and, and cloud. Gotcha. Now, what type of companies do they help typically? Uh, so they help these um, for example, um, I'll give you an example of, 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 uh, of a, uh, a boutique SIR, um, uh, uh, class method, for example. So they help clients uh, migrate to the cloud, for example, cloud AWS, or they even manage their, um, their, uh, their accounts. So, um, and they help companies also, um, you know, build or start um, in-house teams, for example. So. So these, uh, yeah, they're very like uh, Dev Cloud Windows, for example, is really focused on on AWS on on, on the cloud. So SIRs, uh, so they do exist in other countries, but how do they really come about in Japan? So actually, I didn't know uh, this until I, you know, I was doing some research for this podcast. Podcast, but um, so. The history of SIRs in Japan can be traced back in the 1960s. At that time, the Japanese government was concerned by the growing dominance of IBM in the Japanese IT market. So to counteract this, the government encouraged the formation of domestic system integrators that could provide IT services to Japanese businesses. And the first SIs were formed by major Japanese IT companies such as Fujitsu, Hitachi, and NEC. So these are these were like vertically integrated, providing, as we discussed earlier, a wide range of IT services. Um, the government uh, support for SIs was essentially uh, was essential for their early growth. So the government provided financial assistance as well as technical and regulatory support, um, and also the government also encouraged the formation of industry associations which helped SIs to share information and, and best practices. Now, in the 1970s and 80s, the Japanese SI market grew rapidly. Um, and this was due to a number of factors, including like increasing adoption of IT uh, by Japanese businesses, the government's uh, continued support for SIs, 
and the availability of skills, as we discussed earlier. And in the 19s, that's um, where you know the, the, the SI market um, faced some challenges, um, such as the bursting of the Japanese bubble uh, economy and the rise of outsourcing to low-cost countries. However, the SI market has since recovered, and um, I think it is now one of the largest in the world. What are some of the pros to using a system integrator? Oh, this is a good question. Um, so the pros, um, there are many. Ex- experience and expertise, of course. So SIRs have a wealth of experience and expertise in IT. Uh, so they can help businesses adopt to new technologies, improve their IT infrastructure, um, and solve uh, complex you know, IT problems. Uh, they're also a one-stop shop. So SIRs can provide a wide range of IT services from design, implementation, maintenance, continuous support. And of course, this um, you know, can save businesses time and, and money. Uh, project management, of course. Um, risk mitigation. So SIRs can help businesses to mitigate the risk uh, associated with IT projects, um, as we discussed earlier. Uh, innovation. Some SIRs, like NRI, for example, can help businesses to innovate by providing access to new technologies and expertise. Um, and then they can help them uh, you know, adopt new ways of working, such as agile development. We see this, um, I think, some of the selling uh, uh, points of some of the uh, SIs now is, is, you know, the ability to help um, clients or to help companies uh, move to these, uh, you know, new way of, not, not new, but agile um, development methodologies and, uh, and so on. And then, of course, reduce cost. Um, so SIRs can help businesses reduce costs by providing economies of scale and also sharing best practices. Now that we've heard the things that they excel at, what are some of the cons of using a system integrator in Japan? The cons. <laughs> so, um, okay, well, the first cost. Some SIs are really, really expensive. Uh, and this is because, of course, the, the cost covers um, employees, infrastructure, R&D, and so on. Um, one big cons uh, to me was uh, lack of flexibility. So SIs often are really not flexible comparing to in-house IT teams. And this is because, of course, they have to follow a set of standards, processes, and procedures. Uh, in fact, we had to move away from one um, SI because exactly the lack of flexibility. A, a simple change, for example, a uh, config change on, on a low balancer would take months and cost a lot of money. Uh, on AWS, you can do it you know, within five minutes. So, um, so yeah, lack of flexibility. Dependency. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and that's wow. that's really a big one. Uh, at least to us. So they say, you know, um, if you want to really uh, your partner, if if they're not at the level of speed you you expect, you actually you you know you're, you're just going to go uh, as fast as they are. So it's, it's one big um, cons. The other one is dependency. So business, businesses that rely heavily on SIRs can become too dependent on them, and. This can make it really difficult uh, for businesses to innovate and adapt to change. Um, and so, again, another one is risk uh, of vendor lock-in. If a business becomes too dependent on a single desire, it may really be locked in. Uh, I've seen this happening. Um, and it, would, it would be hard to switch or too, too, too expensive. So that's another, uh, another risk. Uh, or another uh, cost. Uh, the, the last one is um, just, you know, Familiarity with modern technologies and and open source software. The Japanese government is increasingly promoting the the use of open source software. 
So this could pose a challenge um, to SIRs who rely on proprietary uh, software. In the past, uh, SIRs have been able to charge a premium for their expertise in proprietary software. However, as open source uh, software becomes more popular, um, SIRs will need to find new ways to differentiate themselves. One of the common challenges I see with my consulting clients is not having any staff internally who can drive marketing strategy and execution to the next level. This really limits the growth trajectory of a company, especially for a leader like you that wants to go from 30 million to 500 million yen a year and does not have the time to spend years learning through trial and error. To solve this problem, I'm launching a marketing agency that can help companies like yours to increase leads and closing rates through SEO, Google Maps, content marketing, and websites that convert. Head over to scalingyourcompany.com and book a free consultation. Let's talk about what your business needs are, where your current strategy is letting you down, and how we can help you see real results with the methods I've successfully implemented at multiple companies myself. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I can see the lock-in being a huge problem. Like, uh, let's say, if, if you were to change a vendor just for them, just to understand the system itself, because it's completely customized. Absolutely. <laughs> if it was open source, you know, if they understood that, let's say, like Linux or something like that, they would at least have a base understanding and would know what to expect with like an open source base, but. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And so we, we had actually a, um, a problem before um, because our system that would, was built by, by an SIR was heavily customized uh, and it, it kind of, you know, diverged from their, their package, package solution because they, they keep upgrading it. And it was really heavily customized, so um, and it fell behind, and uh, it was, and I, I think we hit um, the, the the end of uh, support, and um, so we're, you know, um, trying to find uh, other solutions or increase the support, and that came at premium. So it was it was um, it was quite uh, quite uh, stressful um, before we moved entirely in house. So. And I think for the new vendor, just to even understand the current solution, that's very expensive. Or in other cases, I'm sure sometimes companies just have to rebuild it from zero. Absolutely, yeah. In another uh, uh, cost that I really think is, 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 is important and is actually kind of defining a little bit, you know, the, the, the IT landscape now, on a macro level, the, the concentration of tech talent in SIRS is, is really a major issue in Japan. And this is because it limits the ability of businesses to innovate and adapt. And it also makes it difficult for businesses to build in-house IT capabilities. So the trend of companies building in-house capabilities is a positive one. It will help to reduce the reliance on SIRS and, um, and make businesses more agile. However, course, this is a long-term process. It will take time for business to develop the necessary skills and expertise. So. There is that big macro impact, uh, especially in the employment front as well, but how does that impact startups? So, again, good question. <laughs> um, I think, so the, the good thing about startup is you have accessibility, uh, you 
obviously you're nimble, so you use you know modern technology, software, uh, open source, and uh, and uh, and we see um, younger uh, you know uh, people um, how we call it, interested in in, uh, in learning these new technologies, and so there is uh, we see as uh, I, personally I see shift, I see because. The work, working for SIR, of course, it, get, it exposes you to many projects, but in, in, uh, in most cases, you don't get to do the really the meaty, the interesting stuff. So you end up with, you know, uh, even working with SIR, you end up doing really not so interesting stuff. So we see people moving from SIR to, to startups because they just want to learn. Uh, and that's where they, they get exposure to, to technology. It impacts the startups in, in two ways, negatively and positively. Negatively, uh, because still the the pool is um, uh, of tech talent uh, available is 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 less than what what SIRs have, but they also you know take advantage of the fact that they they can work with uh, with new technologies open source so they so they attract talent who are interested in in, in doing interesting stuff. It's uh, yeah, because I did hear that it's it's sometimes uh, if a programmer came from the SI world, sometimes their knowledge of uh, new programming languages and uh, or maybe lack of knowledge of new programming languages and lack of knowledge of you know using open source uh, was a big dimmer. Correct. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um... Uh, it really depends on SIRs. Like uh, some of the SIRs, they they do um, use modern technologies like NRI. Uh, uh, they even contribute to uh, open source, but most in most cases, they they they, they lack that that expertise in modern technologies, and um, and so you need some kind of reskilling in that case. And for startup, sometimes that's that's cost costly. So um, so it can be a challenge. If you don't have, especially if you don't have a big pool of, of, of IT uh, talent, just because most of the tech talent uh, work for um, for SIRs. So let's say uh, we'll go into more of like selling to an SIR later, but I guess from the angle of choosing an SIR uh, based on your experience, how could we select the right one? So I think when choosing an SIR, it's really important to consider. Um, the experience and expertise in the specific technologies and solutions, um, especially when you look at your technology stack. Um, so you want to want to look at what you you need to outsource and what you need to keep inside um, or build inside. So that's one. Um, the ability to meet your specific needs, of course, and the requirements. The uh, track record of success. The the release cycle and decision making cycle, uh, as I mentioned earlier. For some sires, you know, getting things out can take months. So if, if you're okay with that, then that's fine. Um, and then and then really just communication uh, and collaboration style. Some um, sires would prefer just to work through a project manager. Some you know would bring their developer. So really depends on on your 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 culture, your working style. And so these are some of the factors that I think are important when you choose uh, when you try to you know, to choose the, uh, the NSI. And from these points, are, are there any kind of quick tips or any danger signs? <laughs> so really, uh, uh, quick tips is just, uh, for us, for example, uh, at Invest, 
we were clear about what we were going to build in-house and what we will keep um, or outsource. So what we did, we went to our SI uh, partnerships um, and we looked at the scope. So we reduced the scope of some of the big SIs uh, uh, to focus only on the, the, the things that they do well, for example, uh, like infrastructure layer or, or for example, cloud or um, storage or, or these sort of things. So we really, it's, it's really important to first understand what you're trying to achieve, uh, what, you're, what you're trying to control, what you're trying to build in-house, um, and, then, and then choose the, one, the, 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 the SIS based on their skills and their expertise. And I, I think, again, as I mentioned, uh, another tip is really just to make sure that um, they're fast enough um, to match your, 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 your speed. Because uh, if you're pushing changes you know, twice uh, a month or three times a month, and but you you need to wait for for approval um, uh, from a your sire to to change configuration on your network, for example, then then you end up you know um, slow. So, so these are important. So I guess for those who are searching for an sire to use for their company, or someone who's looking for an sire who they can partner with to sell their solution. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about who are some of the famous integrators and maybe uh, just some big ones in general and maybe some industry-specific examples? Sure. So I think the general big players, as you probably know, you have Fujitsu. is the large, largest Japanese SI um, over, with over 130,000 employees, I believe. NEC is another heavyweight uh, with over, I believe, 100,000. Thousand employees. You have NTT Data. You have KDDI's NTT Communications. Um, uh, they're primarily, you know, telecommunication uh, giants. Uh, actually, I worked with both. They're really great for network and corporate infrastructure, um, especially if you need to manage on-premise and cloud infra, and you need, you know, direct co- uh, connect routing and all that. Uh, for industry-specific leaders, again, for example, in fintech companies like NTT Data, Simplex, JMAS. Uh, NRI are, are are making significant inroads for health tech. Like Fujitsu and NEC are often the go-to choices. Cybersecurity, you have Trend Micro, Entity Security, um, Entity Security, and NEC. And then you have also independent desires like um, Otsuka, Shokai, Fujitsu Soft, uh, TIS, DTS, that have uh, have carved a niche for themselves. You have consulting firms like Accenture and NRI. Um, also, they play a, a big role in, in the SI landscape. And then you have the, um, how you call it, the spin-offs from major corporations that have become significant players in their own rights. For instance, CTC from Itochu, um, SCSK from Sumitomo, and then you have Yamato System Software uh, Kaihatsu from uh, Yamato. So, um, so in, in, for those interested in a comprehensive list of sites in Japan, I'd recommend checking out um, OpenWorks website, which provides a detailed list uh, categorized by field. So we see more boutique, uh, and also we see more boutique shops like uh, Uhuru for uh, IoT, class method, as I mentioned earlier, for software and cloud, um, especially they, they manage AWS accounts for clients. I am curious though, uh... Yes, I think you might have more information, but uh, now that you mentioned the list, how can we actually find system integrators in Japan? Um, so 
Finding a system integrator can be approached through both online and offline channels. Um, I think online platforms like Facebook can be surprisingly effective. Offline, attending industry-specific conferences and events is a great strategy. Um, this includes events like the X-Expo, for example, AWS Summit, uh, Interop Tokyo. Additionally, seminars uh, organized by media outlets such as Nikkei XTech, for example, Mainabi uh, Tech Plus, Diamond Signals, IT Leaders, and uh, DDNet um, can be valuable. Uh, these gatherings not only provide uh, insights, but also offer networking opportunities to connect with uh, with potential SIR uh, partners. So yeah, I think a lot of the s- companies who would like to enter the Japan market, uh, software companies, I think they're kind of curious, like, so how can I get an SIR as a potential partner as a foreign company entering the Japanese market? Uh, do you have any tips for us that could help us on that area? Collaborating with a system integrator can be a game changer uh, for businesses. But like any partnership, of course, it demands careful uh, navigation, right? So, um, f- so first, it's really crucial to do your homework. Research potential SIs that resonate, uh, resonate with your business objectives and have a solid reputation in, in the domain. And then once you've short, uh, shortlisted a few, clearly define roles and responsibilities to ensure that there's no ambiguity uh, down the line. Uh, now, when it comes to, of course, financials, revenue splits can vary. Typically, an SI may, may take anywhere from 10 to 30% of the revenue. But of course, it, this is uh, negotiable. It largely depends on the services they're offering and the intricacies of the project. And of course, both parties need to be on the same page regarding the level of commitment um, be it in terms of finance, time, or resources. So uh, I think kickstarting the partnership requires really alignment, uh, organization, uh, organize like initial meetings to set shared goals and expectations. Um, if the SI isn't acquainted with your product, uh, I think it's important to invest time in training them. This is where the importance of support and documentation uh, comes into play. I really cannot stress enough how pivotal, robust support and comprehensive documentation are in this um, partnership. I've been in countless meetings where the level of support and the quality of the documentation have been the deciding, deciding factors, even if the product wasn't the market leader. So I would say equip your SI with all the necessary documentation from tech specs to promotion materials and ensure that they have a clear support channel uh, to address any, any queries or, or challenges. And so, this is the obvious question, but yeah. I ask it just so you can... I think people need to hear it, but does it have to be in Japanese? It does, importantly. I've seen executives really dropping vendors if they don't have any uh, uh, any material in Japanese. So, and most of Japanese do not even read English uh, emails. So, so that's uh, this, this is something I want to say. So, um, I think uh, uh, really com- communication is also a, a really important. Uh, regular check-ins are a must, whether it's a, you know, through a platform like Slack, Teams, ensure you have a system in place for continuous dialogue and feedback. Um, depending on the project's mm-hmm. intensity, this could be daily, weekly, or uh, even you know, bi-weekly. Um, and always prioritize clarity in, in these communications, of course. Um, I, I mean, this is uh, common sense. Uh, I think a few additional po- uh, pointers to keep in mind. Uh, if you're partner with an SI from a different culture background, I think really 
especially in Japan, uh, understanding the cultural sensitivities and uh, business etiquette is really important. So trust is, is paramount in Japan. So fostering a transparent relationship uh, where both parties are, you know, candid about their strength, weakness, and expectations. And really team, teaming up with a system to create it can significantly elevate your business. But it's important to remember it's really a two-way street that requires, you know, effort uh, and mutual respect. That's, I mean, of, of course, all this is uh, common sense, but uh, in Japan, it's very important uh, that, 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 you know, subtle things, uh, the cultural nuances are, are quite important. So having, you know, understanding those uh, nuances are uh, is quite important. And also, I would also say that uh, understanding how your solution fits in their package, because sometimes it's nice thinking think in terms of, fixing solution, like in in terms of package. So helping them understand how your solution will fit in their package um, is uh, is important because, you know, when they talk to their clients, they usually, they want to sell the package, uh, not just one piece of solution. So um, helping them see that your solution can improve their package or you can even, you know, tell them that your solution with bundled with 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 their services can provide a really um, um, uh, uh, big values. So this is also uh, important to, you know, to keep in mind. It's sort of like umoyari. You know, you you're taking a step ahead and see how you can uh, you, your your solution can can benefit their you know uh, their clients and stuff. So, so I think this is uh, again this is just based from my experience. So I hope I hope uh, there are some insights in, in what I just said. Yeah, so, so a lot of startups, they're kind of looking for like, uh, what's that magic kind of knowledge? Uh, they understand it's hard, it takes time. But I guess for the Japan case, uh, do you have any tips for them on, uh, I think you mentioned ways of finding them, contacting them. Uh, and you also, I think you mentioned ways like, so once they get the call, I think you've kind of outlined a really solid playback. But uh, any tips for them to get to the, meeting all right so now that i know where and how to contact them how can i actually get a meeting set up basically you're you're not well known right and you want to partner with an sire and so how do you yeah so imagine one of the other companies from 500 global yeah asked you how can i actually get the meeting right 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 okay (laughs) no no i I understand i'm just trying to it's the uh, so, because usually when you go to these events, um, you you meet uh, these SIRs, so you 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 get contacts, right? So you reach out to them, um, and sometimes they some of these uh, SIs they have um, uh, in their website they have uh, partners programs, uh, so you mm-hmm. can reach out and uh, and and explain your, your solutions. I think many of the SIs. Now have those, um, you know, uh, partner programs. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Japan. In addition to serving as your fine host, I also provide advisory and coaching services to business owners who want to 2x, 5x, and even 10x their business. So stop holding your company and your team and your employees back and let me help you and your company scale. Find more information at scalingyourcompany.com. Now back to the episode. So you've outlined ways we could find 
system integrators, you know, through like uh, the internet, the databases, meeting them at events for like the offline aspects. You've also shared with us, if we were to have a call with them, how, how we can communicate our services well and stand out and so we can kind of get the deal. But uh, so I guess my first, next question would be, how can I actually go? So now that I know where to contact them, how can I actually get them to give us a meeting as a startup, someone who's unproven in Japan? Right. So um, I think we, we both know that he, here in Japan, code calls do not work, right? Building um, a relationship, uh, meeting them at these, um, uh, you know, these events is, is really important. Um, and it helps if you have, for example, success stories uh, in your home, uh, home countries for with, with, um, with, for example, a, a, a Japanese branch there, or something that connects you and uh, you know to Japan and gets you to um, uh, to showcase that. And and of course, you know, um, a, a slide deck in Japanese, and uh, so these these are quite quite important. And obviously, uh, relationship. Like um, sometimes going through um, like your network, if if you, if you know um, a, a partner like us, for example, uh, who speak the language and have access to some um, SIS that can help, you know, uh, bridge uh, or you know, then to to other partners uh, also, I think would work. But uh, definitely, you know, cold call rarely work in Japan, as you as you probably know. Yeah, especially as. Uh... An unknown. Yeah, the net, the introduction is really the the big one. But you know, you're going to the events. If you have a good product, it's uh, it does. I've heard stories of it working out. I I, I do think events like um, DX Expo, for example, like uh, Interrupt Tokyo, these are very good uh, events to to meet desires. Then even you know show your 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 solution or your uh, you know brochure and hopefully in Japanese and uh, and and discuss and again it's it, it helps when you think in terms of how your solution fit into their their offerings right because uh, again they, they think in terms of packaging they think in terms of you know um, not uh, it's like they want to be the one uh, one stop shop so how does your your solution fit in that uh, it's, it's it helps when you have that uh, that story you know, ready so you can you can share it. Uh, it helps if it's in, of course, in Japanese in the language they understand. Cool. Thanks for that. And so, uh, so for the startups listening that you do want to enter the Japanese market, uh, you know, the system integrators will definitely uh, after you get your initial customers, they will through direct sales. They're gonna play an integral part in your Japan expansion strategy. And so I want to ask Jonas, like, why are system integrators so important for a long-term uh, Japan expansion strategy for a tech company? So there are many reasons. First, Isaias have a deep understanding of the Japanese business landscape. So they are well-versed in the intricacies of corporate structure, the specific needs of Japanese businesses, and the decision-making process and cycles that are unique to the country, right? So this knowledge allows them to bridge the gap between tech companies and their potential clients in Japan. Plus, SIRs have already established trust 
with many clients in the Japanese market. So they've done a lot of ground of their groundwork, building relationships and understanding client needs, which means tech companies can leverage these established connections to their advantage. Um, to illustrate the significance of sires, we can look at some real uh, world example. For example, Zoom, a globally recognized video conference uh, conferencing platform, sees a majority of 60% of its sales in Japan coming from partners rather than direct sales. Um, domestic giant like Saibos, uh, who are excellent at B2B marketing and sales, also see 48% of sales coming from partners. So this highlights the pivotal role SIRs play in driving sales and expanding markets reach for tech companies in the region. So um, another telling example is Otsuka Shokai, a partner of Microsoft. When Microsoft transitioned to cloud-based services, they initially believed they could bypass the partner channel for sales. However, this decision led to a significant drop in sales for their product, Microsoft 365 in Japan. This incident underscores the importance of sires in the Japanese market, um, tech market. Oscar Shokai was named Microsoft's uh, Japan Partner of the Year uh, in 2023. Microsoft thought they could do it by themselves. Uh, Salesforce thought they could do it by themselves. Maybe Zoom at the beginning, I'm not sure, but both, <laughs> both were humbled, both software, US software giants were humbled and uh, went the sales integrator, sales partner route. Just to show you like, uh, like even they need the support of, for their expansion strategy. And so uh, one other uh, data point I wanted to share with the listeners is that the software as a service revenue in 2020 in Japan was 750 US dollars, 750 million. Uh, system integrators was 60 billion. So the revenue of system integrators was 80 times software as a service. And so um, so those entering the Japan market, like I mentioned, it's uh, in the beginning, you either use product-led growth to get some initial customers like Notion, Figma, Slack, or you're going to have to do get some direct sales. And after you do that a bit, you'll have some uh, documentation. Uh, you'll kind of understand what Japanese customers want. And then you'll get system integrators who would take who might end up being 80%, 70%, and you know even as much as 50% of your sales revenue in Japan when you start expanding. Cool. So thank you, Jonas, very much for uh, talking to us about this topic. It's been on my, uh, I'll say, wish list for a while. And the more that uh, the more off that I'm involved in startup accelerators in Japan, it's really taught me the importance of uh, a company understanding system integrators before they make a big investment in Japan. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for having me. It was it is really a, an important topic when entering Japan. Um, so I hope your audience find um, some insights in, in this discussion. Thank you for having me. Excellent. And uh, do you have any last words or anything you'd like to tell the audience or promote? Um, I mean, uh, if any of the startups uh, 
need some help, they we're, we're happy to uh, to work with them. We're happy to to also you know introduce them to our partner network in Japan. So um, uh, wish them all the luck. Uh, thank you. Cool. And could you give a, maybe tell a quick bit of uh, what Aokumo does? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, so we're a cloud infrastructure company. So we help companies, especially those build uh, software in-house, uh, manage their, um, deploy and manage their microservices. So our pr- product is a plug-and-play AI-powered lightweight platform designed to help companies deploy and operate microservices faster, cheaper, and smarter using our AI technologies. By understanding software configurations and analyzing system logs, our platform offers actionable insights, enable enterprise uh, to address issues faster, even without deep technical expertise. So the platform empowers businesses to deploy, manage, and scale software effortlessly, focusing on delivering in parallel customer value and driving business growth. Cool. Thank you very much, Jonas. Thank you.